This is Radio Free Galaxy. It's time to go. This is the Space Age, and we are here to go. Welcome to Radio Free Galaxy. I'm Travis Lee. Joining me are my gorgeous co-hosts, one Miss Teen Komar. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> it's a cute little dancing dude. Yeah, I like just it. Just doing a jig on a Saturday night. Yeah, well, you should be excited. We're gonna have a really fun episode. Joining us as well is Trisha Peterson. What's going on? Not much. What's up? we are terrible and we are just all around terrible at introductions like maybe we should just stop doing that actually i think that's i think uh our listeners expect us to be bad in the beginning or at least okay, something good. completely well different. it's the one part of the show where we try to be like just a tad formal where we're like introducing each other and like getting all the bullshit out of the way okay what are we talking about okay now let's go on a bunch of tangents and whatever <laughs> we're, we're good at being human sorry yeah so not sorry and joining us as well is uh, our third, is this your third time on the show? Third time. Third time on the show. Wow, you're almost a co-host. Almost. Uh, almost. Can I introduce him? You want to introduce him? Aww. And introducing our co-host, Neil the Pussy Splitter Beckman. <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> wow. I thought, I thought, I thought. I thought, uh, considering the subject matter of this episode, that maybe we would just keep uh, Neil's nickname out of this one. Uh-huh. But, uh, hey, uh, fuck it. I guess we're just going there. Neil the Pussy Splitter Beckman. So, you know, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, man. It's, a, it's a great nickname. I, and, and you need uh, to own it, Neil. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I, All right. I, I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope you're not speechless for the whole episode because we really splitting all that pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all day, tiring. all day, every day, twenty four seven. My arms be tired. <laughs> once people hear about it, once people hear about it, man, you know. <laughs> By the power of Grayskull. <laughs> Thundercats, ho! <laughs> thunder, gone, man. thunder, thunder! <laughs> Dude, that'd be an awesome opening. Just like the sound of thunder yeah. behind you. Just swinging my dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It definitely would have to be drawn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
that shit. Dude, it would have to be an anime because it would get like, you know, like super like slashy lines on each side to make it more epic. <sighs> Could I have like tentacles on it and shit? Yeah, we'll have a real cuttlefish of Cthulhu uh, situation nice. going yes. on, you know. Yo ho. <laughs> <laughs> Were you put on trial, Neil? <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Enough about uh, Neil and his uh, prodigious fucking schlong. Um, what we gathered here to talk about today is uh, actually self-determination in the form of creating some money for yourself, some extra money in your free time, and, uh, you know, maybe stop working for a boss or a company and making money for them and eventually transitioning into making money for yourself by becoming an eBay seller. Uh, Christine, myself, and Neil, we are all eBay sellers, uh, either full-time or part-time. And pretty successful if, uh, you know, we don't want to, like, yeah, uh, fucking pat okay. ourselves on the back. But we do we do all right. Not we too do all right. shabby. Not too shabby. Yep. Yeah. Time invested. It's worth my time. Mm-hmm. And we think we have some um, advice and a little experience that we could maybe share with people, especially in, like, this, you know, like, pandemic time and, and certainty with jobs and stuff. It's cool to, like... At least in your spare time, start earning some money just for yourself. And this is a very easy way to do it once you get started. Exactly. It, yeah. takes, it takes a little bit of equipment and a little bit of research to get started. But once you do it, I mean, you can be making money by going to rummage sales and thrift stores on the weekends. You know, going to your regular job during the week. But on the on the weekends, you know, a lot of us go thrifting or to antique malls, things like that. And you can start working for yourself just by doing that. Or stuff that you've had, you know, that you've collected when you were younger or just mm -hmm. stuff you put in the basement. You'd be amazed at what people actually want. Those yeah. That old box of cassettes that you have or action figures in your mom's garage or in, in your attic or something, you can make money with those. Um and any number of things. So we're, we're going to give you some tips to get started and maybe tell you some things to avoid as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and Trisha's along too because she's been interested as well in, in getting started with this. So uh, I know you wanted to learn some tips and tricks to get started. And yep. we're just the people to tell you what the hell to do, right? Let me give you the yeah. Yeah. Possibly. How long have you how long have you been selling on eBay, Neil? I know you're like been doing this way longer than we have. Um, um I, I've been doing it seriously and steadily probably for seven, eight years, but I've been doing it tinkering around with it probably for about twelve. Yeah. Um yeah. I've learned a lot of lessons. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not to do. Yeah. Exactly. You're like you're like our guru. Because yes. like I started doing this a little less than probably two years ago or whatever. And um, I've, I had wanted to do it for a long time because I've always been, like, a collector of, like, you know, things and action figures and pulp, pop culture mm -hmm. things and, like, physical media and things like that. And I love collecting them. So I understand the value of, like, preserving things and, like, valuing them and, you know, how to research, you know, uh, this big shoebox full of action figures that I got from that are from all different sets. You know, I can, like, go through them and... 
and figure out what's valuable, you know, pretty easily without, right. you know, right. much effort. So I was like, man, I really want to put this to use and like do this. So I started doing it part time while I was working full time. And then uh, I was getting pretty successful at doing it. It was pretty good. And then I got laid off from my job during the pandemic. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to try to self-determine my own life for a while. And uh, let's see if this works. And I'm just going to sell eBay full time. And it's been like, what? Like, I don't know. How long has it been? Like nine, ten months that I've been doing it now? Uh, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been pretty successful with making a full time income doing it. So you've got to be good at it. Yeah. So I I try and then, you know, I taught Christine how to Mm -hmm. do it and she started doing it part time while working. And you're damn near doing it full time now Uh, too. Yeah, uh when I was furloughed, like back in March, like I didn't actually start eBaying till after my birthday in May. And I just started out really, really basic with face masks. And then, like, Travis just kept on teaching me, like, you know, these tips and tricks to go through that. And then I kind of figured out my own flow. Yeah. And it's, like, it's different for everyone, but there's some basic stuff that everyone should have before they even start. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some some physical items that you need. But I just want to keep in mind, like... You have to you have to have fun with this. It has to be I mean, you can do it and not have fun and, and treat it like a business and like I guess but then you're still to me just kinda like doing the work kind of slavery thing. Yeah, because this is actually a lot of fun. I mean, especially if you're a collector in which me and Travis and I believe Neil are, like we have passions for stuff. So it's kinda like a never ending treasure hunt. Right. It, right. It definitely is. It definitely is. And there and there's some fun things that pass through your hands. I yes. Mean, yeah. You, you you get to hold this and kind of own it for a little while and then not have it take up a box in your damn yes. attic or basement. You know? Yeah, like, it's, it's just like, kind of oh, cool. To, yeah. This is cool. This is neat. Look at that. Oh, and I made a hundred bucks off of it. Right on. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you, know? you get a whole, you get a whole, you know, original Voltron, you know, and Which it's I just had. like, you, you know, like Christine had one, she sold it. And uh, bought it for what five bucks? Uh, yeah, it was under five dollars. It yeah. was uh, one of the bigger models, and somehow yeah. they must have saw the smaller version, which was way way less. I think I ended up making like eighty dollars off that thing. Yeah, you could have made a lot more if yeah. you had been a little more yeah, patient it wasn't the with best the sale. But, but anyway, I mean, it's like yeah, you get to have this huge big toy in your house for a week and like play with it and like take pictures. You know, you gotta like oh, pose it to take pictures with yeah. it, so you get to like relive your like your twelve year old dream and shit you know i made a video of me playing with the cats because they were so cool and heavy because like those old cast like 80s like bandai characters were no joke that thing weighed like four or five pounds yeah so that that was fun but like yeah we get to play with a lot of stuff and i i like collect like uh cassettes and you know vinyl albums and stuff and i get to sit and like play test them all you know and i don't have to do that but it's like fun i get to listen to all these old you know albums and stuff again and like man it's just it's just a lot of fun so you gotta you gotta have fun with it so go into that with you know a serious mind like hey i'm gonna make money and you know i'm gonna do this uh but i'm also gonna have fun while i'm doing it otherwise you know why do anything in life you know exactly so exactly and, and the best thing to do when you start selling is do things you know something about and you have an interest in. So you're, exactly. you're, feed, you're feeding that as well, you know? Exactly. And we'll get, we'll get into that in the second segment. So, totally. let me, so let me ask you this, though. Like, what if somebody really isn't that kind of person but still wants to do that? Well, we'll talk well, about... 
I, I think we should talk about that in the second segment. Okay. Uh, what to sell first and what, what you should figure out to sell first. But first, right. I think we should talk about what are some of the physical yeah. items that you need to start selling. Because it can be kind of overwhelming to sit there and look like, okay, let's make a list of like everything that you need to get started. Just the bare bones. So we're going we're gonna to go through and make a, a small list, you know, just of things we've thought of. That will absolutely get you started. Yeah. So number one is you can make listings with your phone, but I don't recommend starting to do it from the beginning. So like once you're more experienced with like making auctions and making listings, then I write, you know, you can use your phone because you've got like templates already set up for different types of listings and things like that. I mean, you can, but I find it to be harder to navigate on an app or anything through eBay to do yeah. those type of auctions. It's so much easier to do it on a computer. Yeah, exactly. And the eBay app can be a little glitchy sometimes yeah. and stuff. So and there's features that aren't on the app. Yeah. Yes. And, and there are things. There are a few things that are easier to, to get around to on the app. Right. Um, True. Like when I when I do my listings, I start them all on my phone, but then I finish them and polish them. Mm. Uh, on a, on a computer uh, right. so i do all i take all the pictures from my phone right. i you know etc right. etc and then i then i go to my drafts and finish them up right but i think we're getting ahead of ourselves though so yeah. um you know you, you said things you absolutely have to have right um i think i would say you have to have a scale and some 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 form of shipping stuff you know some some right. packing yeah. tape, a couple of boxes some bubble wrap yeah um and you can even, I mean, most of us get things in the mail all the time and just throw all that crap out. Right. Um, save it. Start saving your bubble wrap and your, your bubble mailers and, yep. and all that stuff and reuse them. Yeah. And, and I think one of the easiest ways to start with uh, packaging materials and, like, let's say boxes, because you don't know if you exactly want to do this full time yet. So you don't know if you want to go onto Amazon and order 50 16 by 12 boxes and 50 8 by 8 by 8 boxes you know what i mean That's a like lot of space, right? Right? yeah you're taken you, up by boxes it's a lot of commitment to your space and like you don't even know what size boxes you're going to need right now so one tip is to go to the post office and they have first of all they've got free pri- priority mailboxes that are just free boxes that you can go into in any post office and pick them up and you can use them for priority mail shipping and grab grab a handful of those. They've got different sizes from board game size all the way down to like almost like jewelry box size or like a DVD box size, yeah. things like that. And then they also have priority mail flat rate boxes in like three, four different sizes. And those are nice because it's not always the best way to send something, but it is like one of the simplest ways to send something. True. So if you're sending like something that's going to be heavier... But uh, you want to try to keep the shipping down. Say you're sending it across the country from Wisconsin to California. A lot of times shipping to California can just be absolutely out of control. If you've got something that's over like two, three pounds, you're starting to talk like shipping's going to be like $15, $20 or something like that, you know? And so, you know, if it starts getting too heavy... Grab some of those flat rate boxes, stuff whatever you can into them without damaging your item or whatever you're selling. And it's just really easy. So definitely go to the local post. And they have they have flat rate bubble mailers that ship for like eight something. Yeah, I was going to say, but like bubble mailers are relatively cheap. 
on Amazon. So, I mean, if you they want are. to get a couple of yeah. those to start out with, because you you don't need to yeah. start out big when you start selling. I mean, yeah. you just don't start buying, like, huge random things. I started out by making face masks. And then right. I just kind of started going out to rummage sales and stuff. So, you can start out really small as well. Right. Absolutely. So... Get yourself an assortment of boxes. Like I said, you can get some for free and bubble mailers. You can order packs of bubble mailers on Amazon for $10, $15. Like, you know, get like a standard size, like 6x10 or like 12 by 10 or something like that. And uh, something that's going to be universal to fit a lot of things like DVDs or, mm -hmm. you know, CDs or whatever, or small action figures or something. And what's cool, too, is like, let's say you have to sell a magazine or something. You can actually use like one of the free boxes you got from the post office and you can cut that up to slip inside one of those mailers. So you can reuse stuff use without like acting. Yeah, without like something use it you have as to pay a backing, yeah. like like a like a backing for a comic book or yeah. something. So you can right. use supplies right. from the post office without actually having to spend money. I like you know, oh, I just ruined my boxes. I pay for. It. I like, no, you can just get a couple extra to cut up into sizes to protect your wares. And then as far well, as, go ahead, Neil. Oh, I was just gonna say ship shipping in general. Okay, yeah. so you need the stuff to ship it. You need the the ability to to, to weigh it. Um, you can buy scales for about twenty twenty five bucks. You can yeah. even use a food scale. I used one for years. Yeah. Um, and, and but you, you want to think about what you're gonna how you're gonna get this to the person whatever it is you want to sell, yeah. how or you are selling, uh, how you're gonna get it to the person, and. Mm -hmm. So the simplest way for me is always to just save the stupid things that stuff is sent to me in mm -hmm. and you have yeah. no investment because when you're starting you're probably going to put i don't know 10 12 things up yeah. um you probably can handle that with some of the crap you have just saved you know yeah um just get you a couple rolls of tape and a scale um but shipping also can be the easiest way to kill your profits right yeah so when you do an ebay listing for somebody that has never done one so you Okay, you have let's just say it's a an action figure. You got a you got five GI Joe action figures you're gonna sell, right? You've had them laying around, blah blah blah. So you take some pictures of them on, on your phone. Um, you go to make your listing. When you're making your listing, there's a part for shipping where you put in. The easiest way to do it is to not do free shipping. To not uh, put in a flat rate everybody around the world pays five mm -hmm. bucks well you're going to shoot yourself in the foot right. um you know put in you put you put in the size of and the dimensions of the, the box and you put in the weight of the box and that forces you to know what you're doing because like until you get a feel for it you're like oh uh, crap i didn't realize once i go over a pound i can no longer send it first class it has mm -hmm. to go you know all, all those little tips and tricks about shipping get solved for you and you learn quicker by putting the stuff in that way yeah definitely do your research on shipping that's where you can we'll talk about it in in the things to avoid when you get started because that's definitely you have to do your research about shipping and figure that part out because i know that's a mistake that we all end up making yeah. when we first start is like doing something stupid with shipping we've we've all got horror stories of like stupid things oh. that we've done with shipping that totally killed our entire profit for a, a certain yep. thing that we were sending <laughs> you know like I've, I've got so many stories like that that i just didn't realize this little thing but one other thing you also need for shipping is a printer yes. you know yep. so yep. you're gonna you're gonna be printing all these shipping labels and you and you buy your shipping labels directly from ebay 
So, I mean, there's other ways you can do it with, you know, pirate ship and everything else. And those are advanced techniques and stuff. But to start with, you're going to be buying all of your shipping labels right through eBay. They make it super, super simple. You just put in the dimensions of the package and they're going to supply you already with the buyer's address. So you already have that. And then you just put in the weight and you're going to, you know, get a price that you have to pay. And then you just pay that through paypal or directly through your bank or however you're you know making payments to ebay and you can print out directly at your house what yeah. what Ashley. <laughs> oh, okay uh, all right <laughs> so labels travis labels labels the, the labels sorry printing sorry Something was more important than that. Uh, but printing out labels, yeah, you need a printer. So eventually maybe you can get a dedicated label printer, like one of those, what are they, what are they, Thermo, what are they called? Thermofax or something? Yeah, those thermal printers. Eventually you can drop the money for one of those, but they're like a few hundred bucks. Like the cheapest one that's worth like getting is like two, three hundred dollars. So like... Start out with just anything that'll print off your computer. Get, like, a fucking Canon for, like, $30, $40 or whatever, and, you know, just use that. And I know, Neil, you just use paper to print out your labels, right? And then you tape yep. it on? Yep. Yeah. And that's what most people do. It's it's a lot cheaper. We get the half-sheet labels and print them out because I like having the adhesive label i don't know i'm just a stickler about that so. i would think i would think it would be a time saver for quantity like right if you're shipping because you're you're at a quantity level right yeah. now so you want to have you yeah. know so you want to be able to package the stuff like faster you don't want to spend all your time packaging either and i and i still do put a piece or two of tape over it like over the address just in case like the label gets wet or anything right. like that but like, yeah, you don't have to like tape the entire thing, and and I know doing the paper labels fine, but like I just feel like it's more secure for me, and that little bit of extra money that I spend on the half sheet labels over the paper is like whatever, that's fine, that's the cost of doing business, that's just what makes me feel comfortable. So we got scale, we got s some kind of laptop or desktop computer, we got your phone that you need because you got to take pictures with your phone. Um, and, and you can start by taking pictures on like your kitchen table, you know, you can like, you can hang, sh you can hang shirts that you're taking pictures of off of like door frames or like whatever, or against a wall or anything like that. You don't need like a photo box or anything like that to get started. You will eventually need one when you're, when you want to start taking really nice pictures. Um, but t to get started, like just taking pictures of like something sitting on your desk, as long as you have good lighting and a decent camera on your phone, that's fine. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and as long as you're getting everything in good perspective and, and taking good pictures with like, you know, showing all the angles of everything. So that's fine. So w w Christine, what are some other physical things you can think of that you need when you get started? Oh. We got the packaging materials and all the equipment, what else? Well, one of the most basic things they have on hand is a ruler, especially for shipping. Yeah, you gotta. Like, cause sometimes like uh, we buy boxes that you can make into multiple sizes. Yeah. So when you cut them down, it's not gonna be the original size at the bottom of the box. So right. that's always like a very basic thing. And also um, depending on what you sell sometimes, like, especially if you smoke, 
Like, it's good to have a container to put your items in, and then also bags and possibly dryer sheets to put in there just to kind of keep them fresh. Yeah, to freshen I, up stuff. Yeah. I put, I, I'll throw, like, dryer sheets in, like, a bag of something. If I, I know it's been, like, in a basement or something. I got it at an estate sale. Yeah. And it's, like, in a basement. It's not necessarily, like, totally moldy, but it just kind of smells like a basement. You know what I mean? Well, and, and it's you're nice just, like, to, like, have your, all your items organized in one area so you're not yeah. searching everywhere for the items yeah. you put up. Because, like, you, if you have a limited amount of time, you want to make this as easy as possible for yourself. So having, like, an organized inventory is definitely going to help about with yeah. you know making your business more efficient and actually more worthwhile yeah get yourself some plastic boxes to keep the things you're going to buy in you know uh wherever you're going to wherever you're going to keep the stuff that you buy and the stuff that you have for sale just keep it protected in some like nice like go to walmart and get some of those nice like rubber made you know yeah they're pretty cheap they're like 9.99 yeah get, get get a few of those because you're going to want to keep your stuff protected you don't want to like have everything like sitting out on shelves or like where pets can get at mm-hmm. it and like get their hair all over it or kids can you know grab stuff off shelves and all of a sudden you know you sold that uh hundred dollar action figure that you had for sale and all of a sudden you know like one of your kids has it you know in the bathtub and you're like oh shit you yeah, know like we got rules about my ebay area with the, with the six-year-old yeah absolutely you have to I, I sell mostly vintage toys they yeah. all look fun you right. know so she Which comes they wandering are. over yeah she comes yeah. wandering over, and there's a big bucket of action figures I picked up that I'm slowly working through. She's like, can I play with this, Dad? I'm like, no, that's a Silverhawk. That's, that's a Hawk. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Or that's yeah. a He-Man. Or, yeah. You don't know how rare that is. Get that sword out of your mouth. <laughs> that's not for kids. That's a toy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, did we touch on tape? Yeah, well, I mean, you're going to need a lot of tape. Tapes, if you're going to be eBay seller, tape's just in near future. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be you're going to be a taping ass motherfucker. And that a lot of the stuff you buy at like the Walmart and stuff yeah. is garbage for yes. shipping. It's super thick and it's not sticky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It might it might be okay for a moving box or something, but yeah. it's not going to, you know, I I get my stuff from Uline. Yeah. And their tape rocks, and it's like the cheapest way you can get it. A case yeah. of it's like I think thirty eight bucks, and it'll last you forever. Yeah, um, I mean that is like kind of like what they're known for is like pretty much yeah. like packaging, packaging supplies. Yeah. So they better have some good tape. <laughs> that, that's a good, and they do, and they do. That's a good point, Neil. Though, like get quality, get quality packing stuff. Whatever, you, whatever you use, even even if you are like reusing like Amazon boxes to ship in or whatever, like don't take the trashiest asked one. You know what I mean? Like use yeah. quality supplies. Use good tape. Use good paper. Use good labels. I mean, use good bags. You know, show that you're like taking care of these expensive items exactly. that you're sending out. And like, I mean, anytime I've ever cheaped out in any type of supplies, I've always had to go back and buy the good stuff. So you end up spending more. money money in the end if you try to like you know save yourself a few dollars and the items just garbage it's a struggle though you want to keep your costs down and get things for the cheapest price possible but also get like quality you know like and and you will find like this is my brand of tape this is the tape i get every time you know you these are the bubble mailers i buy every time Mm -hmm. i the one time i bought the other bubble mailers and they sucked and like i they all split and like this is the ones i need you know and it's like Okay, so you, Neil, can you think of any other physical things that you need to get started? Just basics. No, no. I mean, you know, you're eventually gonna figure out, like, when you're taking pictures, like, okay, yeah. hey, this room 
when I have the lamps on at night, sh- everything shows up real yellow looking. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's best to do it during the day with the windows open, or maybe not because this area in this room gets a weird glare on everything. And, yep. you know, you're going to get better at taking pictures of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, the only other thing I can think of that you're going to want to do is, is start getting familiar with eBay. Right. Um, you know, as a seller, maybe you've been buying off of there for a few years on and off. Right. But start paying attention to categories that things right. are sold in. And and because the easiest way to do a listing um, is to piggyback off of something. Right. I, I do that with almost every sale I do. I, I look at the sold listings mm-hmm. um, and, uh, okay, hey, I have a G.I. Joe action figure. Oh, here it is. This guy was selling the same one. Sell one like this. You just hit that button and it opens up the the window. Right. And I snap the pictures and then later on I get on a laptop and make sure that he had everything in the details stuff. Yeah. The way I would do it, you know, and right. that's that 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 stuff and and touching the pictures up, maybe brightening them up a little bit or something. Right. Um. You can't do that stuff on the app, or you either can't no. do it or it's like an impossible chore to do. Right. And then um, you gotta and then you gotta write your own description and stuff like yeah. that. You know? Absolutely. And when you take the pictures, you want to think about what you're looking at. So like I yeah. sell a lot of a lot of used toys and action figures and crap like that. Yeah. You know, if I were a collector of this would i i would want all the weapons i would want right. to see things like the feet aren't all paint chipped up from the kid playing with them in the sandbox right you know uh and think about that and take your pictures accordingly right you got 12 you got 12 pictures and yeah. use them all why yep. not use them use them all yes. and you know get get clear pictures of those dates under the feet get clear pictures right. you know of like any any if there's any kind of action or movement in like an action figure or whatever show that it can put its arms up or put its arms down like like silverhawks you know silverhawks i've got one sitting on my desk right now and like it's important for a buyer to know if his arms spring up you yeah, know yeah like you get a lot of questions about dolls and what their f- actions right. do people are very you know particular about yeah, that yeah so taking right. pictures is super right. important you're eventually going to want to invest like i said before in things like a photo box and like you know good lighting and things like that and, and maybe even like mannequins and you know like things like that but so I've, trish so so I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt but but trish is somebody that doesn't do this and the three of us do do you know what a photo box is do you know i mean like i actually you're... know what a photo box is because i've been to travis's house okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. for, for those that don't know if you if you were to, to search on ebay for for a photo box you get this white f- box that pops up that also folds down into like a salesman's briefcase type thing yeah. And usually mm-hmm. it has some kind of lights with it, either LED strip lights or two little uh, kind of photo lights, you know, and, and the material that the box is made of is that reflective stuff. If you remember sitting for photos in, in, in the gymnasium as a kid, they always had those big shades that were white and kind of sparkly a little bit almost if you looked at them right. It's that kind of crap, yep. so it reflects the light and doesn't give you hot spots, which are the little shine glares on Mm -hmm. the, on the thing. So you got he man and you got a hot spot because he's real shiny there and you want to try to avoid that. So you can still see, see what you're trying to capture in your picture. 
Yeah, absolutely. Right. It it takes your pictures to the next level. I mean, like it a, does. Eventually, if you if you want to take if you want to be a next level seller and like do this, you know, as like a serious income or whatever, you definitely have to get a photo box. Oh, um, shouldn't I also say like in the algorithms on eBay, if you have a white background, you usually get pushed up on like the search results, right? Right. Yeah, it's really yeah, it's really weird. But you gotta have like if you have a white or a ba- black background to your pictures it actually the algorithm actually reads that and puts you higher up in search results (laughs) it's 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 a very weird thing but you know like eventually just taking pictures on your kitchen table isn't good enough so yeah i think we covered all the physical things Uh, i'm sure there's a few things we missed but uh uh when we come back from the break we're going to talk about what you should sell first so, you know, it's overwhelming. You got all this stuff, you know, you get, you got your printer, you know, you got your computer, you're ready to go. You made your account. It's like, okay, what can I sell first? So we'll give you some tips about that when we come back from the break. This episode of Radio Free Galaxy is brought to you by the natural deodorant that Trisha recommended when she was drunk. Hey, you can even put it under your boobs. Uh, Okay. Yes, that's right. It's the deodorant that Trisha recommended when she was drunk. Not only does it make you smell like a pine cone, but it also costs you $18. You can put it on your butt, too. Welcome back to Radio Free Galaxy, and we're talking about eBay tips and tricks. And in the first segment, we talked about what are the physical things that you need to get started. And now we're going to talk about some, uh, what should you sell first? So, you know, you've got all your stuff together. You're ready to go. You've got your account made. Now, what should you actually start listing for sale? And my first recommendation is to just look around your house first. Are there some old pairs of Levi's that you have sitting around the house that you don't fit anymore because you grew out of them? And they're still in good condition or something like that. Do you have any name brand clothing or anything like that? Um, you know, e- even something like you've got a old uh, Tommy sweater or something like that. Maybe you have an old box of cassettes in your attic. Maybe you've got some old board games. Um, what are some other things that you could possibly have sitting around your house that are worth selling? Well- there's always the fact of like a lot of our stuff from our childhood like you kept a lot of your toys or your mom did and you just don't have any like you know it's just taking up space so like a lot of your stuff that like i mean at least you like my mom didn't keep that shit yeah (laughs) a a lot of moms a lot of moms throw that stuff away or they sell it in the rum sale or whatever um but there's usually something around your house you'd be surprised that you could sell even like old cast iron pans things like that there's there's things just start going through your house and just get out your phone get out the ebay app and just start looking stuff up and start start learning how to use keywords start that's really important when when you're when you're doing ebay searches because a lot of times you'll be in a thrift store or an estate sale and there's other people looking around other ebay sellers or resellers and they're there and they're looking around to buy the same things that you are and they've got their phones out too and if they're quicker on the draw of like looking something up they may grab that thing in front of you 
before you do. So get familiar with just walking around your house and looking up that old MC Hammer cassette that you have and that old pair of jeans or even like those shoes that you bought that you only wore once and you still have them with the box and things like that. Yeah, exactly. And also a crazy thing is, it's like you could be looking up something in front of you, but then you'll see something in the listings as you're doing your research. And it's like, oh, that thing is really interesting. And you'll end up going down a rabbit hole through your research and realize maybe the item you had in your hand may not be worth more than $20, but this item underneath it, which is completely something that people overlook, you can use that. You can actually sell that. So, you, like, it's research as you go. Definitely. You'll, you'll start finding out things that you thought were absolute trash are, mm-hmm. are things that you can absolutely resell. You know, even weird things like um, old ads from magazines. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. the magazine won't be worth anything, but, like, selling a one-page ad from, for, like, Newport cigarettes or something from the magazine will actually yeah. get you more will actually get you more money than selling the actual magazine. Exactly. And and you'll you'll go down that hole. So like you'll search like uh, 1975 Playboy magazines and you'll find out oh these these things there's 5000 of them up and they really don't sell for more than a dollar or two a piece. But I did this search and it also showed me Newport ad from, you know, 1975 Playboy. And this thing just sold for twenty dollars. Why? Why did this one-page ad that's just one page of this magazine? The magazine don't sell for shit, but this one-page ad sells for twenty dollars on the regular. Mm-hmm. Like what? What the actual hell? You know? And yeah. you'll start discovering those things that that have value and 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 things like that. What What other things besides the things around your house, Neil? Can you think of to start off with selling? Well, start with what you know. I yeah. mean, if you know, uh, I loved my toys when I was a kid, and I had a lot of action figures, He-Man, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, so I knew that shit. And when I yeah. would find it, or some of the stuff that I still had in boxes, um, that I hadn't opened that box in 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. um, I knew what I was holding. I remembered the name of the character. I, right. You know, it was, it was easy for me to look up and, and start the listing. Yeah. Maybe you're a sports guy and jerseys and bobbleheads and whatever the fuck sports people do, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever. I mean, maybe maybe you're like you were saying, a a a, a media guy. You have yeah. vinyl and tapes and CDs. Maybe maybe you have a shitload of CDs still laying around, even though you're still into the music. You have it all digitally now, and you just want to get rid of six big fucking computer boxes full of CDs sitting in your basement that you haven't looked at. Yeah. Um, some of that shit, you know, if it's old metal, which is what I know, and old punk and stuff like that, the original CD on the original label, the original packaging, sometimes you'd be surprised, even though it's a common-ass thing, it's Metallica's Ride the Lightning, but it's the one that you bought in 89. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so now that is worth 50 bucks, even though you could walk into a fucking Walmart right now and buy it for 7 and or whatever. Yeah. It's just like know? the it's like a cuz it's not a reissue or like yeah. whatever. Yeah. Right. It's, like, you know, it's or, like original pressing, you know. Yeah. yeah, that has more value than a recent copy of it. And it's super easy with media too, especially media made after like what, what was it like the late 70s when barcodes were starting to be used. You can scan 
barcodes with the eBay app. You don't even have to do a key, keyword search. You can just right. sit there with all of your CDs and you can scan them with the eBay app. And but, you, go ahead. But a lot of that, a lot of that older shit doesn't come up. True. Like the, Meta- the Metallica Absolutely. CD would yep. not come up. True. The new one might come up with it. Yeah. And so when when you here herein comes where it's something that you have an interest in. Mm-hmm. So you have the original Metallica Ride the Lightning that Electra put out, mm-hmm. not the reissue after they bought and sold themselves and whatever. And it doesn't have the because they put all the remake songs on a different CD. And because you're a Metallica guy and a media guy, you fucking know that. Yeah. You know that it the 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 song that they redid on Ride the Lightning is not on there if you buy the new copy it's on mm-hmm. you only get that when you buy garage days yeah if you if you're you, this is what i'm saying you would know this shit yeah. and if you know action figures you know that if you know bobbleheads because you for whatever fucking reason have bobbleheads yeah. uh wh- whatever it is you know uh, maybe it's clothes yeah yeah you know, so... maybe oh go ahead no, I was just going to say, like, I know a lot, a lot of shit that people wore when I was in high school for whatever goddamn reason. Cross colors, jackets, and Zuba's pants go for a mint. Right. Um, maybe you were, you've always been a clothes person and you know that shit. So when you see that stuff, you're like, oh, wow, Zuba's. Well, you didn't realize you're holding 200 bucks worth of pants in your hands. Right. You know? Yeah. Even, even old t-shirts, single, single stitch t-shirts. You know, if you, if you've got any, uh, sh- shirts, t-shirts in in your drawers or anything that were made before, like it was like the late '90s. They they went from uh, single stitch t-shirts to double stitch on on the hems. And those single stitch that that's a big keyword on eBay. Single stitch t-shirt. You know, like you, your t-shirts actually go from being completely worthless to like whatever it has on it if it's a single stitch t-shirt to instantly being sellable. You know, right. what does that mean? What is a single stitch? It's t-shirt? just if you look at your your T-shirt, in in the collar, and on the hem on the the sleeve and on the hem on the bottom, uh, any any modern shirt has a double stitching on it, so it's got two rows of stitching. Gotcha. Old, older older T-shirts will just have one row of stitching mm-hmm. on in all three locations in in the collar, on the sleeve, and on the bottom. And those in, that instantly is a keyword that if you search for right now on eBay, go to eBay and put in single stitch t-shirt, uh, vintage single stitch t-shirt, you'll instantly get all of these t-shirts and they'll start at like 15 to $20, but they'll sell on the regular. You know, maybe, maybe they're not the $200 Iron Maiden shirt, single stitch t-shirt or whatever, but um, almost anything with it on it uh some kind of hawaiian scene or even a blank t-shirt if it's in good condition sometimes not even in good condition yeah you know if it's desirable enough if it's got that single stitch people love that because they're the kind they're they're made out of a different material they're a little heavier Mm -hmm. or whatever they're better quality t-shirts and when when somebody gets used to wearing something or they like a product like a certain kind of t-shirts or a certain kind of socks or something like that and you know manufacturers stop making that thing they're willing to pay a premium price to keep wearing that thing for the rest of their lives exactly and that's one thing that like i clued you in on christine Mm -hmm. is old socks i was talking about old socks because i found out one day i was sitting in a goodwill and i was you know looking for things to buy or whatever and i found this whole they just put out a cart 
and there was a whole stack of like vintage late 70s early 80s women's golf socks on it and they still had their tags on them and everything there was a big stack of them and i turned around for a second to look up women's vintage golf socks i put in my keywords and i i didn't grab them up like i probably should have instantly but i didn't know they had that much value and i turned around i put in the keywords and all of a sudden i started getting results for 75 dollars a pair mm-hmm. And I turned around to grab them all, and they were gone that quick because somebody else came along, saw the instant value in them without having to look them up, and they grabbed all of them, and it just took one second for me to put in those keywords, and I lost hundreds of dollars. I lost hundreds of dollars on these socks. So then I knew from that point forward, when I find old socks, I got to look up these socks. And I started finding them. And it's like you, you find these like terry cloth socks, these Orlon socks, things like that. These suckers can just just sell for $100 a pair. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but I told Christine about it. Mm-hmm. And then we have, this, we have this old, old department store near us in our neighborhood that still has new product in it. Well, unused product in it from like the 60s and the 70s and 80s. I told her about it. And what did you do? Well, uh, we ended up going there and I grabbed every single pair that they had. And I've probably made over $800 off of socks. Yeah, just started. selling single pairs of socks. And you were knocking them off for uh, 50, $50, 60, $75, um, right? Speaking of, yeah, I just sold two pairs to a guy in Germany for $80. Two pairs of socks? Just two pairs of socks that I paid probably no more than $2 a piece for. And oh you God. sold them for $80 plus shipping. Yeah, and the <laughs> thing is, like, once you train your brain to look for stuff like that, it comes out very easily. And I was also going to say, the guys cover the media, the action figures, and, like, t-shirts. But also, as a woman, go with what you know. You'd be surprised on how much money you can make in panties and, like, bras. Like, yeah. just this week, I have bought, like, I mean, about $20, $30 worth of bras and panties. But all of them sell for $30, $40, and $50 a pop. Right. Wow. But it's like vin- it's vintage it's, it's ones. Vintage. Like, so, so we're talking like old Vanity Fair bras. Vanity Fair. Like, and the thing is, there's a lot of brands. That sometimes it doesn't matter about the name. It matters about the quality. And Trisha, you know the quality of a good bra or, you know, good underwear <laughs> when you see it. I mean, and the thing is, like, you know, look for something that I'm like, yeah, you know, I would totally wear that. Or I can understand why someone would get that. Or even makeup. Like, simple things like that. People, like, you know, you can't get this color anymore. They're going to want it. And it's easy to store easy to understand and you also understand why someone would use that we um we went to a rummage sale a garage sale uh actually we went to the sale they had it several times this last summer but um the this garage sale that we went to they had a bunch of old avon products from the 70s and the 80s so like old lipsticks and like they've got of course all the avon jewelry and stuff in the in the stupid perfumes the, the chessmen and all that stuff all the cars and yeah the- women in the cottage dresses but they also had things like old lipsticks that have been sitting there in a box since like the 70s um well this uh gentleman that had this this was his sisters and mother so actually this stuff went back to the 60s so these were actually packaged avon boxes for the women to sell in their neighborhood and most of them had been untouched for like 30 40 years and apparently he just would bring out three four boxes at a time put them out 
and charge a minimal price. I spent like $300 on this guy buying like several boxes of stuff and I've made like three times that much since I've had them. Yeah, easily. And like these these lipsticks, you're, you're buying them for like a dollar and you're selling them off for like what? 20 25 some of them depending on some of them because uh the boxes would have like uh really interesting art and then what's crazy about old lipstick is that people love to collect is the containers like sometimes like the outside containers are just as fabulous as the color so like there's a lot of stuff that women really look for i'm like oh my god this especially uh i told you makeup doesn't really go bad so I mean, it can go bad, but if it's been untouched in a cool, dry area, it'll yeah. basically look like the day it was made, and right. people eat that shit up. So, so you, the the whole point is, you might you might not think that you've ever been a collector or that you've ever been into things like that, and you're not an expert in any kind of stuff. But there probably is something that you've been into at some point in your life that you could turn that into your initial yeah. like eBay expertise, you know. Trisha, what do you think that, like, if you were going to start selling tomorrow, what do you think would be the first thing that you would go with to try to sell? Like, if you're going to look for things around your house or just go to the thrift store. I know you talk about you've been wanting to stop at the thrift store on your way home from work for a long time now. What do you think is, like, your area that you would go to first because you just know it the best? Oh, you know, that's... I haven't thought about it enough to, to even really... I really have no idea. I mean, yeah. I don't have stuff. Over, I'm like one of those people that's like really good about getting rid of stuff. Yeah. Like I don't like having stuff. Um, I get that from my mom. Um, yeah. We're both the same. We don't fucking just keep random shit. Yeah. Um, so, um, I guess I probably, I probably would start with clothes. Yeah. I think that yeah. would be something that. I could probably identify a little easier, especially having, like, because I'm, you know, in my 40s, I'd have some knowledge of some of the stuff that was popular in the 90s, even if it right. wasn't something that I was into. Right. But I would, right. I could see recognizable things Right. in that. Um, I also think I would probably look at, I know this is going to sound weird, but, like, um, uh, like, maybe, like, for some reason, I want to say, like, radios. Like, I kind of, like, okay. know, like, about, radios like... Radios can go for a lot. Yeah. I know about, can. like, yeah. So, so I kind of know a little bit about old radios and stuff. Um, not yeah. a lot, but I know, I like, I got a good eye for that sort of thing. And, like, I don't know. I think, I, I think it would be natural for you to go for music, too. Yeah. Because, like, especially once, once you get into it, like... Right, but that's not something you really find, I, I think, at... Um, well, I mean, I guess, you know, like, yeah, like cassettes and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I would probably mm-hmm. be good about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You yeah. absolutely would. You, you would know that a, a guar tape is probably going to have a lot more value over, you know, an Anne Murray tape or, you know, a Huey right. Lewis tape or something like that. You know what I mean? You could at least recognize that, you know, and at least have the wherewithal when you're in the store at a sale to look it up. You know, be like, oh, shit, here's a whole case of, you know, old Metallica tapes. I probably should look these up. Yeah, you know? I was also going to, oh, sorry, interrupt. Uh, also going to say, sometimes you think you're going to go into this thinking, oh, I'm just going to sell this one type of thing. And then at the end, you're selling something completely different. And it's just kind of like you're going to just run into it and then it's going to all make sense. Yeah. I know it sounds kind of very, like, 
yeah. vague and stuff, but you'll know it when you see it. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna advance your areas of expertise really with really quick. Mm-hmm. You know, like like I said, once I found out about those socks and I, and I was kicking myself for not grabbing yeah. them right away, mm-hmm. it showed me two lessons. It showed me one: if I have any inclination that something is valuable, grab it first. Yep. Grab it first and do your research second. You know. And then also, you know, just uh, now I'm a sock ex- expert. And, yeah. and then I pass it on to Christine, and really she's the sock expert. You know, now, now when I find socks, I just pass them off to Christine. And I'm like, here, is this valuable? Sell it. I don't know, you know. And, right. and she does, and she has an absolute knack for, like, and, and, it's, and it's about finding those little spots in, like, the goodwill that nobody else is looking in. Or to find those little spots in an estate sale where nobody else is looking in. You yes, know? Um, it's definitely good to go in with a strategy. I know that sounds kind of like crazy, but like my strategy going in is I treat everything kind of like a game or a dungeon where like, okay, things like the stuff respawns, it'll change the next day. But <laughs> the layout is always going to be the same. And the thing is like, you know, when stuff is being put out at certain places and it's just Good right, it's know, like it's yeah. like the same board you're replaying, but the drops are different every yes. single time. But the thing so. is, it's like, yeah, like <laughs> I think yeah. about this a lot because I'm like, because because of where I work. Yeah, I could potentially actually hit two Goodwills on my way home every day. Yeah, okay. because I I have the one that's like on the you know like it's New Berlin near where I work, and then right. and then the other one over in West Dallas. If I decided to take instead of taking the freeway home, I could just right swing to take a left and hit up the one and that's in West Dallas on my way home or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, I should maybe just like start just doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And see what comes of it or whatever, because obviously I think we, we know that I'm, I'm just not long for working for other people. Yeah. That's um, yeah. <laughs> just not Every, my, think well. about it this way, Trisha, every time that you're driving past that Goodwill and those are good Goodwills out in the suburbs, yes, those, are. those are, those are solid Goodwills. And like, you're going to get more upscale stuff there. Um, every time you drive past there, you're missing out on money yeah. that you that you could be making right. for yourself in your spare time when you're sitting at home, you know, with your mom and Jill and you're just, you know, you're watching Supernatural. You could be making money. <laughs> Dude, I do it all the time. Like I'll be working in uh, the uh, the living room and I'll have Supernatural on and I'll just be typing up my descriptions and stuff and I totally enjoy what I'm doing and I get to watch my favorite two handsome, uh, you know, Supernatural guys. Exactly. Like, how how well, can you hate that, Trisha? Yeah. Right. If, if, right. if, I, if I may, Trish, do you know how to look things up that are sold on eBay, like what things have yeah. sold for. Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. I've sold stuff on eBay, and yeah, and I know how to look stuff up. And okay, okay, because a lot of people don't. Uh, no, they do. don't. No, they don't. It's so no, but, I would. You would look at just like uh, like what those closed auctions or whatever. That's a yeah. Good one, right. Yeah. Right. Well, it's been a while so, since I've done it, but I've so done if you it. search for something, you you go into Goodwill on your way home from work on Monday, and you find a bunch of He-Man figures. Okay. I would I would buy them all right away because they're He-Man figures. Well, let's, let's <laughs> well well uh, actually well, no would we? actually would you no wouldn't you yeah because a lot of I actually would... have a friend that I could sell them to because he collects He-Man. Yeah. Well, a lot of times the people that price stuff at Goodwill every once in a while they get somebody that is actually kind of looking things up. Yeah. And sometimes so every yeah. one of those He-Man figures might have a six ninety nine price tag on it. Yeah. So, there are a lot of them that don't go for a whole lot much more than that. 
So right. maybe you're okay. entirely wasting your time and money to put all of them in the cart and yeah. whatever. But there's that one. There's that one that doesn't matter. He's worth 70 bucks. Yeah. So how do you find out which one you have? Yeah. How do you find out which ones you should buy, I guess? Right. So you know something about He-Man figures. You know that this is Skeletor and this is He-Man and this is Ram Man. But past that, you don't give a shit because you, you never played with them, whatever. So... When you look up He-Man figures, you there's and there's a you'll learn real quick. Masters of the Universe is M O. Uh, they abbreviated M O T U. Motu, Motu, yeah. dude. So you can put in Motu figure vintage, because they have remade them several times, um, and you start getting an idea of okay, hey, there's a hundred thousand Skeletors up, and he goes for seven bucks. So yeah. me buying this for six ninety nine is fucking Pointless. useless. Yeah, but. He does have his sword and his belt and his staff and his this. Oh, now you went from six ninety nine to twenty five bucks, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. And how you find out if they really get that is you go into the um, the search settings and you put sold listings, and that tells you two things. It tells you what they have sold for, and how often they sell because there's dates listed. Yep. So if six of them sold for 25 bucks this week, that's a pretty hot selling thing. Yes. And then you can unclick the sold button and look, okay, and there's only seven people that have them up right now. Right. So there's you're getting an idea of how Travis and Christine and I might 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 approach this is okay, they sell regular. This is what they actually go for. And there's not many of them listed. So I know I'm going to get rid of this inside of probably two weeks for what I'm asking for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's a good, that's a good thing to do when you're sitting in there and you learn real quick, okay, I got 20 of these things sitting here and they're all seven bucks a pop. Um, okay, yeah, oh, this guy that looks like a skunk, he sells for 12, 15 bucks. That's worth that. Maybe that's worth my time at seven bucks. Right. Um, Cause I would, you know, more than double my money. Um, then I got this one weird looking guy. Oh shit. He goes for a lot. These others don't. So you grab three out three of the 20 and walk off with them and you didn't waste your money and your time. And, right. and, and especially with action figures, it's really important because like you said, Neil, they also have remade almost all of these action figures at some point. So, like, you could walk into a Goodwill and find this huge bag of Star Wars figures, and you get really stoked because you're like, wow, there's like 50 Star Wars figures in here, and it's 20 bucks, and you're like, wow, I've got hundreds of dollars sitting here. And then you get home and find out that these were the late 90s reissues or whatever. And those right. figures that you thought were $50, $60 a piece are $10, $12 a piece. And they don't sell like that. You know what I mean? They don't mm-hmm. sell, like you said, with the frequency or anything. You know, like, yeah, maybe they do sell. And you're going to end up, you know, having to put them all in a bundle and just hope somebody buys them for some, you know, ridiculously small price. But, um, yeah, learning, learning to do that research when you're at an estate sale or at like an actual Goodwill or whatever is super important to be able to do that research and, and to not spend an hour and a half in the store. Yeah. You know what I mean? Quick in and out, but also efficient because you know what I have spent, or at least we've all spent very little on making like huge profits. So sometimes there can be an item in a case or something for 30, $40 isn't even worth that. 
but I'll find something for like 50 cents and sell it for $50. Exactly. Finding those little nooks and crannies in the store where um, you're going to find those treasures that nobody else looks at. There's 10 other eBayers in that store with you right now. How can you get a leg up on those other people that are only searching for the Silverhawks, that are only searching for the He-Man figures, that are only searching for the vintage Gucci jacket? You know, because yeah, I was going to say um, a lot of eBayers just stick with one or two things. So like there's yeah. an entire store to pick from. And you just got to know where there's parts where there's just junk. And yeah. then there's parts where like, OK, there's a higher percentage of me finding something here daily, spending a couple dollars here and there instead of spending 20, 30, 40 dollars, you right. know, hoping to like maybe make something even like you know, 10 more than that. Like yeah. that's just not very efficient. Yeah. Absolutely. So what what is, what is something that you and. Uh, Christine and Travis, that that you guys, that's your go-to. That if you have ten minutes inside of a Goodwill store, you're definitely checking out this section or or these items. The first thing that I'm going to, I I go to, is board games and like games and like toys. And then I'm looking at music and movies. I'm looking at media and toys and games. Things, things like that. I'm going right okay. to those sections right away because I, I have an ability because I'm really passionate about those things to pick out the gems from all the bullshit with, with just looking at it really quick and not even having to pull out my phone. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I can look at a stack of cassettes and I can instantly grab the ones that are worth money and leave the ones that are bullshit. I can instantly go up to a whole entire shelf of board games at goodwill and i can scan them and with just my eyes in a couple seconds and oh there's the electronic dream phone game that's a hundred dollars i know that i don't have to i don't have to look up with my phone whereas the guy next to me that's ebaying he's sitting there looking all of them up you know and like i i can do that so i know i have a leg up there i'm going right to those places first. no you definitely have that me i'm really really fast and so, because I have like a ton of things that I like to look for, because I always like to have a variety of things to always be in hand if I can't, if I come up empty in one section. So, in my newest rotation, I've been doing like baby stuff because I didn't know that was a market. But my first go to is socks. If I can find like socks, panties, lingerie, bras, like those are always going to be my first go to. And then if I have like a second go to, it would probably be like plush toys because like somehow. Like, I can find a vintage, high-end price toy like nobody's business. Yeah, you do have a good ability to do that. What are you going for first, Neil? I, honestly, lately, I go for the little bags. The, yeah. The, there's a couple of those Goodwills that have yep. these little Ziploc bags and shelves just stuffed with them. Yep. And usually it's like a whole bunch of hotel soaps and yeah. weird shit like that. and. Mm-hmm crayons or something yeah right right just like the crap that's in the bottom of the donation boxes pencils they put a lot of the action figures and little toys in that stuff and i've hit some absolute just gems where you know like the the latest one i'm sure you're tired of even hearing about travis and i'm tired of Mm -hmm. looking at them are the fucking ninja turtle figures yeah um you got so many man i i got i bought i spent 98 dollars in ninja turtle figures that day um, basically, it was a Rubbermaid tote stuffed with them. Um, 
And but it was, was all. But it was all from these little bags that hang off the. They're they're supposed to be like impulse buys. Yeah. At, right. Right. At, right. At, at, by the cash registers. Yeah. Exactly. Is, they, had, they at least they have them in that sort of spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know apparently some kid had a huge box of these things from the '90s and every goddamn weapon and Chinese star and everything else that that were in these things. Um, and some of these things, if they have all their weapons, I was even shocked. That, like how many $80 and $90 figures I had because I had both swords and the club and Ninja Trolls nice. got really fucking weird and stupid. Yes, yep. they did. Like, there was a Canadian Mountie that was a moose and <laughs> a, Ch- a Chinese dragon that was this and, uh, and like they got fucking weird. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's not just action figures, too. I found a lot of things in those little bags. I remember one of the first times that I bought those little bags when um, I, I started eBaying, I bought some old instant camera film. And it, they, ha- they had just bags and bags and bags at Goodwill of this old instant camera film from those um, little, uh, were they Polaroid, I think, cameras yeah, or whatever, where, where they had like the little two by two little pictures or whatever. And like you put in the film and like pulled out the picture. Um, they had, oh, they, they had were like t- a sticker, right? Yeah, they yeah, were like a yeah. sticker, exactly. And they had just tons and tons of these things, and the bags were like ninety nine cents a piece, and they had like, I, I, like ten of of these rolls of film in each one, and like I I sold them probably for at least like ten dollars a piece or ten or twelve dollars a piece every single roll of film, and I, I only spent you know I I had like a couple dozen of them. You know, yeah, you and did. Like, I, remember, I remember when you got all those. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the things that made me open up my mind to like buying old package stuff. You know. Yeah, it, it's actually rather crazy because like, oh. um, like you'll even find like uh, vintage perfumes and stuff. I just bought some vintage Chanel like you know sample bottles like the yeah. other day. So like you, it like the mind's like never ending when it comes to weird stuff on the. Rock. Yeah, absolutely. So, so look in those little little holes, those little places where people aren't looking so much, and you are gonna find value of things that people are walking by every single day. So that talk about when we talk about this again, uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know if if I start if and found. what I and what I find. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, we want to hear it. We'll, we'll do we'll do another episode in a few weeks, and we'll find out what treasures that Trish has found. And and uh, we'll grade your finds. Yes. Oh, excellent! Right. <laughs> we'll grade pictures. your finds. I'll yeah, send pictures. let it let us know what you found, what treasure, because you will find some stuff. And uh, you know, if you if you keep at it a few times, you'll find some crazy crazy things, and you'll get that little excitement. You'll mm-hmm. get that you'll get that little heart flutter <laughs> when, when you're in the store, yeah. and all of a sudden you look up that one thing you're holding, and you're like. What? This sells for $120? No fucking way, man. And then you bring it to us and we'll be like, well, actually, Trisha, uh, what you have there is a reproduction. And (laughs) uh, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but... uh, So, yeah, that'll be fun to do. So let's take a break and uh, we'll get back with some more eBay tips and tricks. This episode of Radio Free Galaxy is brought to you by Mr. T's Knuckle Shoes. They're the only brass knuckle shoes on the market for when pitying a fool ain't quite enough. Mr. T's Knuckle Shoes. Get some. (whistles) 
And we're back on Radio Free Galaxy talking about how to get started, really. Uh, I think this is going to be an ongoing series that we're going to do about eBay just because, you know, it's such a big part of our lives. And I think a lot of people um, could really are, are interested in it and have have like would like to learn about it and at least do it for some spare cash in part time, you know, and like. So, you know, I think we're going to keep doing this. There's lots of things that we could get to and secret little hints and stories and horror stories that we've had and things like that. But uh, let's talk about some things not to do when you first get started on eBay. Uh, one of the things that I want to point out is to fuck free shipping. Yeah. Make yep. people Make people pay for shipping. I know you're going to do some of your initial research on that action figure or that comic book that you're selling or whatever it is. And you're going to see, oh my God, all these people have free shipping. Well, then I have to offer free shipping. Not necessarily, man. And, and you, you're going to get caught somewhere in the beginning with offering free shipping where somebody's going to buy something in California and you're living in Pennsylvania and you offer free shipping and you sell this $20 item and you find out why the fuck is the shipping $22? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, why, oh, why, God, yeah. why is the shipping $22 on this? Because you didn't take into account, you took into account maybe the weight, but you didn't take into account the dimensions of the package. And I know I was doing something probably about four or five months ago. I was sending something out to California and one inch in the size of a box, it w- the, I, I had set the dimensions in the listing at 16 inches. And then when I got to the reality of packing the item, the box was actually 17 inches. And going from 16 inches to 17 inches took the, the price of shipping from like $15 to $45. And I, I was selling like a $52 item or something like that. And I and I had free shipping on it, and it took it it, it, it went to <laughs> it went to that much increase in price just because I had that extra extra inch there, and I had to find some way to cut that box up and oh, get yeah. rid of that inch. Otherwise, I was gonna lose that entire profit and that entire sale. Yeah, I actually remember when he was doing this. Like he was just like all I could hear was fuck. <laughs> like that's all I hear. Like just this like these words just fuck. I think you'd even call me about that. Like, is there any way yeah. around this? And, yeah, I, I, dude, I was pulling my hair out because I'm sitting there packing the damn thing, and like, I'm running out of time before I got to get to the post office, and I'm just like, dude, how the fuck can I go from fifteen dollars shipping to forty five dollars shipping with one fucking inch, dude? This is fucking ridiculous. So I had to find some way to Frankenstein two boxes together so I could get rid of that inch. You, you've really got to learn to be creative. But uh, my, my biggest point is is that do not offer free shipping on almost anything. You can do it later on. You can do it later on when you're more experienced and you know the things to do it with and the things not to do it with. But yeah. as a general rule, people, people when they're buying on eBay have accepted the cost of doing business, the convenience of going online and buying things with also having to pay for that shipping. Exactly. Also... Um yeah, if your weight of your item is like an X amount, especially a couple pounds, you're going to be spending like 10 or plus for shipping. But right. also, yeah, that's the thing is your item, like if you decide to do free shipping, yeah. is that 
going to be more than what you're shipping is. It's like, why would you eat the cost of that when someone will pay it? Right. Just, you know, a lot of those listings you're looking at that have free shipping, those are more experienced sellers. They're doing a higher volume of sales and they've been doing this a longer amount of time. And they know maybe maybe they have 45 of those things that you're selling and they can knock them off at a cheaper price. Yeah. But and, and they don't mind if they get caught up with shipping just one of them that costs a little bit more and they have to take a few dollars less out of their profits because they're going to do a higher volume. You to start out with, you can't do that. So take a lower value, take a lower value for the thing you're selling and work the price of shipping into it. You know, and that yeah. way you're not going to get caught take, if you do end up taking a hit as much of a hit in what you were expecting. Yeah, I guess also it's like, what is your time worth? Like, uh, like I just did some research on someone because I was looking up an item and it was freakishly low. Like, it was like five ninety nine for this really big item with free shipping. And I'm like, hold on, that doesn't make any sense. Like, this, I don't see any other reference for mine. So sometimes I'll go onto someone's like eBay page to kind of get an idea of what kind of seller they are. And they're only selling $20 items with free shipping. And basically the shipping almost costs half of what the item is so like they're you know basically wasting their time i i know you got a story about that neil about about getting screwed on shipping um one of your exes that you were with she started she started doing ebay because you were doing it and she got caught up with a little shipping snafu you want to tell us about that was that the one i was telling you a few days ago about the collector plates the plates yeah the plates so well we won't even talk about how dumb it is to look at collector plates. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Any, anything uh, that says collector's edition, for the most part, is fucking not a collector's edition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, so, I mean, if something has to tell you it's a collectible, it's probably yeah. not. Right. Or limited edition. No, yeah. There ain't nobody trying to pay 50 bucks for a Norman Rockwell plate. <laughs> nobody. Nobody. Yeah. nobody. Nope. But, every, but every thrift store that you walk into is going to be sick with them. Filled oh my with God. them. I actually contemplated like you know what it might be kind of cool to have all norman Wa- rockwell plates for my dinner plate that be kind of cool just have yeah. a bunch a collection of collectibles yeah that yeah, like, you eat oh, off of that. yeah like wizard, wizard of odds Ma- plates <laughs> yeah star trek you name it you can find the entire series for probably just a couple i, I have thought of doing that exact same yeah. thing neil with, with, with star trek plates yes. because i see star trek plates all the time and they yep. look fucking awesome but They're fucking cool they ain't worth shit. Nope, there's nope. so many of them on the market that there's just n- no one wants them. Right, but it would be kind of dope to be having a barbecue and eat off John Luke Picard. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, like, why or not? Or Wharf's face. Yeah. Right. Actually, right. I have a quick question for you guys. Do you do you know what the weird phenomenon that's happening with Corningware? Is Corningware, like, just being, like, overinflated by some people on eBay? Well, no. Or that, that, like that, what is you you know what I'm talking about, Neil, yeah, right? Yeah. I do, I do, and it's it's kind of so. I'm like, doesn't always, everybody have that shit in their house? <laughs> it, that's depends okay. On so the piece. it depends. Number one, it depends on the piece, and there's two things going on here. Um, number one is that the stuff, the py, old Pyrex and Corningware and yep. shit like that mm-hmm. that people want to collect is not the stuff that you probably have in your cupboard. It's not the casserole dish with the lid. A lot of the stuff they made, so there's a bunch of different patterns that are on it. Right. There's blue blue flowers or green flowers or there's right. a little 
like little because like, I got like tr- really old corning wear and I've like looked up where like somebody's selling something that I have for like ten thousand dollars and I'm like <laughs> okay, I'm like really because my mom was born in like 1940 and I do have old like Corning wear, but some of that shit definitely does sell. I mean, I, I, I but like ten grand, like what is that weird? That's probably money laundering, is what. (laughs) What? Yeah. There's like a bunch of it. There's a whole bunch of it in corning wear. If you needed to launder some money and you put a lasagna pan up for twenty five (laughs) thousand dollars, you know, ain't nobody gonna buy it. But somehow, I don't know how money laundering works past me watching fucking movies. I mean, you know, I I know about Ozark. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like that's what I know about money laundering. Um. But somehow, at least that's the theory as to what's going on with that shit. And that that yeah. that, and also just like sometimes people set unreasonable prices for things yeah. to to aim high and then take whatever lower offer that right. they get. Like I I have a board game right now uh, sitting right next to me that's legitimately worth probably two hundred to three hundred dollars. But there's there's like only one up on eBay now, and he's got a thousand dollars on it, okay? Right. Because he's the only one who's got one. So he he threw a thousand dollars on it. He don't expect to get a thousand dollars for it, but he's the only one that's got one. So you know if somebody throws him an offer or you know is interested in an item, he can throw down an offer of three hundred and be like, yo, <laughs> I threw you this awesome discount. I threw you the seven hundred dollar discount. You know what I mean? Or, or you, you know, whatever like that. It just, it psychologically works. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's a reason that, that people do it because it psychologically works. So, um, but yeah, that definitely corning wearing that Pyrex stuff is super collectible. And people want the older, more reliable stuff. And they but want it's those... not like, te- it's not real, like, it's not really $10,000 no. collectible. No. no. There's like multiple, it's like, I kind of feel like. Somebody did maybe like the money laundering thing puts put it up there for like ten thousand dollars or fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars. There's like, but then other people like saw that and they're like, oh shit, well I got that. So then a bunch of other people put their same corning wear up for that same amount of money because then you'll see somewhere else where oh well maybe it's like two hundred fifty bucks and you're like, I don't understand what's happening with fucking corning wear right now. Okay, we're <laughs> looking like, at it right now because we're kind of curious to see what you're talking about. So, yeah, it was like it was. There's actually a an article I think, like maybe in Newsweek or okay. something about it, which is yeah. why I started looking it up. Like, why is Corningware like? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there's okay. a so there's a bunch of listings up right now. So the thing about it is, you put in vintage Corningware, and there's fifteen thousand results right yeah, like now. Yeah, right here, right here. Yeah. Uh, Le Chalet Corningware, nine thousand dollars. Right. On eBay. Right. So this, now, this so now that's for sale right now. So now we go to sold, and you see that some pieces actually have sold oh, wow. for ninety five hundred dollars. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So and, it's and legit then. I don't or... know how legit for twenty five, but you know what? A lot of these that you're seeing sell, none of them have sold for twenty five thousand. Some of them have sold. Some some of them have sold for nine thousand. Some of them have sold for oh, eight and okay, five so... and th- and three thousand and things like that. But people are putting them up for twenty five thousand because they've got it, and then they will take an offer for three four thousand on that thing. You know what I mean? And so it will still sell for. Re- 
ridiculous amount of money. Well, clearly there is a market for it, but right. it's like it's got to be a certain type, and it looks like it's kind of the same pattern and style. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like, uh, desirable. but the but but regardless, like even those um those vintage blue flower ones, which yeah. I mean, I have have those there's the blue flowers the green flowers are worth even more yeah Yeah. all of that stuff when you flip it over um so on the bottom there's the little seal where it says that this is pyrex or corningware and then there's Mm -hmm. a couple of numbers those numbers right i know and that's i I looked at i looked at the ones that i had i'm like oh wait i'm like yeah you should remember that one because it's like a weird so just a weird phenomenon. Like they put it, even put it on like the news where everybody, or like some, some article I read. See, and I'm just like, it's I guess a thing. You got you got to watch it with things like that because there have been things like that that have happened that have inflated the price of things, but they've been totally not legit. Like this one. Like this one is kind of legit. Like they're probably not going to sell any of these for twenty five thousand, but they are going to get you know five six thousand for these pieces. Right. But there have been things that have happened. Like, um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, a few years ago or whenever it was, it became all of a sudden a thing that uh, Disney VHS tapes with the black diamond label were worth all of a sudden like hundreds of dollars or something. I don't know. Wh- I don't know where the original article came from on the Internet or, or who started like this rumor or whatever. But to this day, to this day, even though it's been totally debunked, that these are these are a valuable thing, you can put into eBay, uh, black diamond, black diamond, Disney VHS, and you will get results of oh, right now. Whoa. There's one copy of Beauty and the Beast up for one point two million dollars. <laughs> <What? laughs> yeah. And uh, wowie zowie. And. and, and Go ahead, Three Neil. of us have probably walked by five <laughs> copies of that in the last two weeks. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, not, you know. like seriously, like five copies. So, and and there's other ones. There's for uh, you know five hundred thousand dollars, and mm. some you know like we'll we'll look at actual solds here then, and there have been some really rare copies for whatever reason of some of these things that have sold. I don't know if it is. You know the the money laundering thing or whatever, but but none of them have sold for one point two million dollars. Right. Now some of them have sold for a lot of money, um, but most of them don't. The ones that you're gonna find usually at your local value value village or Salvation Army or Goodwill are not any of these. So and, I guess I mean I guess one of the things though, like to watch like in this this scenario where like so like the Corningware thing, obviously there's some value and there's some merit in that. It might not be. You know, you might not have the $9,000 one or the $15,000 one or, right. like, whatever. Right. But, I mean, like, that kind of stuff, when you come across it, you got to, that, that's one of those things that you got to be extra careful because it might, it's, like, too good to be true kind yeah. of thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, are you really just, like, going to go out and find, like, the one thing that's, like, worth maybe. an insane amount of money? I mean, maybe. you never know, I mean, man. I mean, maybe. but you you got to be a little guarded, I would yeah. think, on that Absol- sort of absolutely. thing. Because of, of course, what, like of you're saying, yeah. with the, absolutely. the Beauty and the Beast thing, like, you're going yep. through VHS tapes, you're doing yep. your research, and you find one for $1.2 million, and you're going to yep. be like, oh, I struck, struck a fucking rich. If you didn't know, like... Yeah about like i didn't know about that like if i would have yeah. that would have been me i would have been like holy shit 
Yeah, let All me right. buy this whole box of Disney VHS tapes, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and then you get them home and you're like, fuck. Well, I was going to say, like, I kind of had an instance of that. Um, I had sold a bunch of vintage Barbies, like, what was that, one month ago or two months ago? And unfortunately, they have replicated so many of these dolls that sometimes it's really hard to tell one from another. So in my instance, I actually did have originals and I sold them for like $500. Right. But there's also ones that are worth like $20. So like you got to know your... You you can get caught with Barbies because you'll think you have an old Barbie because the motherfucker is stamped on it 1966 or 1968 but then you find out when you get that whole bag of them home they all are stamped like that yes even the brand new ones that are made have that same copyright date on it and you'll be like something like something like the mold was it's the same mold that was used since 68 yeah yeah Yeah, and and you're like you you went and you know you you dropped a hundred dollars on all these barbies (laughs) this whole bag because you're like fuck i got a whole bag (laughs) of 1960s barbies bro you're like dude i'm gonna be swimming in the cash Uh, and then you get them home and you're like wait all these were made last year shit yeah and it, it, it can make you nervous when you're putting like a high-end price and it could be a new doll and mm-hmm. you put the wrong information in and then you start getting a little like you know nervous like oh my god did i misjudge this doll in like seeing things on it because yeah it, it can be completely bogus like i that, i think that's probably my biggest mistake is i've bought a few barbies that i thought like oh they're old and stuff and they weren't luckily i didn't spend that much on them right but it's like you can get easily fooled because like nostalgia goes over your head and you just decide, Oh, I'm not going to look it up and look at it close enough. And there's all these signs right there. That has happened to all three of us so many times where maybe it's not a big loss or whatever, but we'll pick up that whole bag of whatever it is in a thrift store or at an estate sale or whatever. And we'll get it home and be like, shit, this isn't what I thought it was. You know, yeah, you it did, sucks. And, and hopefully your investment was low enough mm-hmm. where it's like not that big of a deal. And maybe you can at least earn something back mm-hmm. on it if, you know, you just right. just dump it off right away or whatever. But like it's happened to all of us yeah. before, you know, like so. Yeah. So did you want to tell a story about the plates or? Oh, so. Well, oh, I'm sorry. About that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's all right. So. Basically, I had an ex, and she was watching what I was doing, flipping stuff, and and was like, hey, I can do this too. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. And so we were at Goodwill. She's got a stack of these plates. She's like, I looked them up, and every one of them is going for this and that, and buys them and does not make much money on them. She, so she paid, I don't know, three ninety nine a piece for them or something like okay. that. They end up actually selling because she insisted on doing all auctions and everything else. They ended up selling. She would have made three, four bucks on them, but she put free shipping. <gasps> and, oh. and I think it was some, one of them went to Alaska. Oh, <laughs> my. No. Oh, no. I, I, don't, I don't remember where all, the, all of them went, but she ended up, like, losing her ass. She's like, so I got I to gotta pay to give this guy this plate i'm like yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude you got basically know you, you do yeah you know i'm like i told you to pay attention to shipping and you went yeah wonk 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 something about shipping and went off and did your own thing <laughs> <laughs> you know and went off That's and did your own you, fucking man. thing and i'm like i, d- I done told you <laughs> i warned you oh, yeah but so 
it's yeah. something you want to pay attention to, and you know. I, so I, I would say, I would say, starting out, like, don't do free shipping. Just don't. don't. Do free just shipping. don't. Like, just, don't. just, just under, count. just do your research on shipping and try to understand it and and read articles and whatever you can and just do your research about shipping and how the post office works and how priority mail works and the difference between priority mail and first class mail and media mail and things like that or or FedEx whatever you're going to use if it's not the post office but do use your research office. yeah but you use the post office to start with you know if you want to branch out into those other services like later that's on you that's cool but use the post office at first and understand those differences because you can lose a lot of money and you can lose out on a lot of sales too just by yeah. just by listing your thing at the wrong weight and the wrong dimensions that's somebody somebody a lot, could yeah. A potential buyer can be looking at your listing and one of them can see it and they see the price and the shipping for them is at $12. They're cool with that. But another person is looking at the shipping and it's $27 to them. And mm. while they would have bid on your thing and bought it, they just aren't going to do it because you grossly overestimated the shipping or something. Yeah. You know, and guessed that the weight was 10 pounds and it's 24 by 12 and it's actually way, way under that. You know, and you now you're missing out on a sale. So, so I mean, the, the most reasonable thing to do for somebody that hasn't done it is, all right, you have this thing and you want to ship it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Let's say you have an old Barbie car. You were talking about Barbies. Oh. Okay, well, we all can imagine how big the Barbie Corvette is. It's mm -hmm. maybe 18, 19 inches long. It's maybe 10 inches wide. It, and up from the ground, it goes 4 or 5 inches. Yeah. But you're talking about something that is 40 years old yep. and is plastic. So, of course, you're going to want to bubble wrap it and put it in a decent box. You're not going to shove it in a fucking Tony mm -hmm. the Tiger box, you know, right. something flimsy. Yep. Um, so kind of do that and throw it in a box and measure the box and put that into eBay. Like, or you could just kind of rough it and go, okay, there's I'm, after bubble wrap and, or newspaper or whatever it is that you're going to be trying to do, um, add two inches on the end of end of it or something. And, yeah, abs and, absolutely, um, Neil. I have I I make it a rule now. I don't list anything on eBay until I know exactly what I'm going to put it in yeah. when I sell it. Because I might sell this thing in five minutes. That's happened to me before. I've listed something for sale and I've sold it before I even got up from making the listing. And I need to know exactly what I'm going to put this in. I can't, I, I, you know, as an experienced seller, I can guess at certain things. I don't need to measure everything now. You know, I know when something goes in a six by nine by four box or something, you know, or something. Like, and I know my supplies that I've got available for me. But definitely, especially when you got those weird sized items, definitely sit and actually put it into the box and make sure it fits with yeah. the packing materials as well before you list that thing. Yeah, because I was going to say also with the size thing, I tend to go with small stuff. Like sometimes your like higher priced items aren't that big and your biggest items aren't worth that much. So right. it's like, it's just good to know, like, you know, it's like, oh, if I take this thing that's the size of a small chair, like, what am I going to put that in? And is it even worth my time to send it? Right. It might be worth $150, but I mean, you're also going to have to pay $35 for shipping and you're going to have to find some way to ship it. Yeah, you're like, going to have to find that enormous box. Do you have one? Do you have the wherewithal to sit there and build in Frankenstein a box? 
You know, like... <laughs> like, how much are you willing to put yeah. into this item? Is it really worth your time on that? Because, right. like, again, I, I think I said that a little bit earlier. It's like, okay, this item's $20. If I'm spending an hour to wrap it, was it really worth me selling that $20 item? Exactly. If it takes you two hours of sitting frankensteining boxes together you know is that 25 dollars sale then really worth your time or um travis does board games is he going to take 12 pictures of stuff inside this box and catalog it if it's only worth 20 dollars like right. what's the point of that i usually that, with, with board that's games a really good point yeah i you, go ahead neil i was just gonna say you and i both know how meticulous going through a board game and counting every stupid fucking card and piece yeah. to that thing can be yeah and it, it's really not worth your time for most of them. I'm like, okay, you can make a $10 profit, but you spent two hours counting little stupid yeah. risk pieces. Right. So you have to set that threshold for yourself and where it's valuable enough for you. So, like, I love to sell board games because I love to play board games. I love to collect board games. And I can easily spot the valuable ones. So, but I have a threshold where if it's a bigger size board game, I've got the boxes for them and everything. But also, I'm going to look at the trouble it takes to take pictures of a big-ass board game because it's not going to fit in my photo box. And I'm going to have to lay it out in some elaborate fucking way to show that all the pieces are there. So I'm going to have to make a special setup to take the pictures of the damn thing. Yeah. And, and like, so I have to take that into account before I buy it. And then I have to take into account, okay, will it fit in those 12 by 24 boxes that I have? Okay, it does that. And then, how many pieces does this game have? Am I going to sit here and have to count through 500 cards and uh, 900 counters for this war game or something? You know, like, what am I going to have to do? So I set a threshold of, like, $40, $50. It has to be worth that mm -hmm. for me to sell a board game. And I've sold stacks and stacks and stacks of them at that price and a lot more than that. But I have to be, I have to, like... Where, where what is the value of my investment of my time exactly. in this especially since i do this full time now i need to set those boundaries for myself where like i'm like okay this thing might be worth a hundred dollars but if it takes me three hours to take a picture of this thing and three hours to fucking package it fuck this yeah i'll leave that for somebody else um also i should say like with uh clothing clothing has the same concept because yep. sometimes you have to take a lot of photos of like the inseams and the inches and like across the bust like you gotta think like okay i bought this really elaborate dress there's a lot of things i need to put into the details is it going to be worth my time telling you about right. who like what, the sequins and like you know the sheer fabrics and like oh there's a hole over here and this and that like it's like, like it's very it's very tedious so i mean like you can start out simple with socks and stuff there's not a lot you really need to say like hey are they new do they look mm. like new uh, what kind of like quality are they and that's pretty much it be honest make ha, take good pictures be honest think of what somebody who would buy this thing wants to see in this thing and they want to know about this thing and try to care Try to care yeah. about these things that people... You are actually, as an eBay seller, you're a steward of these things. Mm -hmm. And I specialize, and Christine does as well, we specialize in nostalgic things and selling nostalgic things that people pay unreasonable amounts of money for just because it gives them a good feeling or they like having those things around or they remember when they had those things when they were younger. And you have to understand the connection that people have to those things and why they would pay $50 for this cassette tape. 
and and take care of it like that take the right pictures package it the right way you know give the right descriptions take the time to learn those things and you'll keep those skills for the rest of your ebay yeah. and career so now now once you did that with that one box of cassettes that you had next time you're at you're at an estate sale and you see that box of cassettes you, you get excited it. you get excited because you know how to do this you know how to take care of them and you know what someone's willing to pay for them and you're going to be the one person at that garage sale that mm -hmm. goes for the cassettes yep. while everybody else walks by them and looks for the collector plates. Or the Beanie Babies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Beanie Babies. I so, see. Yeah. you know, let's. we don't There's have a lot of time left. There. there are some good ones and, and everything. And there are some good collector <laughs> plates, too. Not all of them are trash. Not all of them are trash. There are some that are worth money. But, oh, no, I was I was actually mocking the person that hands you the big fucking crate of old baseball cards. Yeah. I know oh, there's some God. good ones in there. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. always what they say. Like, okay, well, no, I don't care. Yeah. I could go I'm for not... the rest of my life with never seeing another baseball card. I know. Or football card. I, I, I could right. I, any day of the week I could go without ever seeing an entire collection. But there are people the that. Man. But there are people that specialize in that. And if that's your thing, they're going to make a whole lot of money on it. And if that's if that's just your thing. You know, I, I I did a lot of Magic the Gathering cards and I became an expert in those. And like most people, it's not worth it's not worth picking them up because if you're not willing to become an expert in Magic the Gathering, you're going to lose your ass trying mm -hmm. to sell them. You're going to fucking lose your ass. You're going to lose your time. You're going to have a lot of uh, upset customers because you're not grading cards right and you're not you know you're getting s sets mixed up and selling the wrong card is the wrong thing you oh, know yeah, so like yeah. stick to the things you know and slowly expand out as you open your horizons and become a better seller so do we have any last minute tips or things to avoid do you want to go first christine um no, I'm just thinking, like, I think we covered most of the basics if we can save, like, more of, like, details for, like, the second installment. Yeah. Like, this is a good start-off point. Yeah, for sure. We're going to do more of these, and we're going to have a... We've got so many more things we'd love to talk oh, about. Oh, I do. I do. But, like, well, I want to bring those up. What, what I'm really interested to find out is, like, the next one. I want to hear from Trish. Did, yeah. Did she, did she go <laughs> and, and do, do some Goodwills? Well, no, no, no. Seriously, not... not we we all kind of bulldog this one on you, Trish. But I mean, like, well, no, no, absolutely. That's 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 the plan. I actually like uh, it was kind of enjoyable just sitting here uh, and taking more of a passive while I was telling Travis. I was like, oh, it's kind of not, it's kind of nice not to be, you know, the 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 lead, not to be super yeah. active and be like kind of yeah. like passive. Um, and I actually, you know, I learned a lot because now I know like when I do like you know make some trips or whatever, like I kind of have some things that I can like look at or focus on or whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't have a scale though but i might go buy some stuff you, you can get you can get all that stuff on amazon the scales right. cost the scales cost like 25 30 dollars you know it's it's essential tool and it doesn't cost a lot you know right. you, gotta, you gotta get the printer you've got the computer already you're you're ready to go you can pick yeah. up some free boxes at the post office and you'll be set to go yep so let us know how you do, and we'll do more of these episodes because we want to help empower people to control their own destiny yeah. and to have fun and work for yourself instead of a boss. So if we can do anything like that to help you guys out and to help us get better as sellers too because once we create a community 
of people that are trading and bartering and selling, it benefits us as well. So we'd like to hear from you guys about some of your tips. So if you want to contact us, you can go to anchor.fm and you can leave us an email or a voice message and we will play any of your voice messages on the show. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and where else can anybody find us? That's it, right? I think that's it. Well, Spotify. Well, we Spotify? Yeah, you can listen on Spotify or fucking iTunes. Podcast but Republic. I think they're already listening to us, so well, I, I think they, so. they know where to listen to us. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you didn't know, we're telling you again. Yeah, so... Yeah, so let us know uh, if we helped you out or if you have any other questions, we'd love to answer them and we'd love to talk about it and we'll come back in a few weeks and find out how Trisha did. So thank you guys for all, (laughs) and we'll find out. I'm interested as hell. So uh, thank you guys for participating and thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 